Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. No matter how much we think we love Him or can show our love to Him, it doesn't even compare to the love that He has for us. Today, that's what I want to talk about, the love of God. Maybe that's why I'm all messed up this morning. I think about and try to articulate and try to come up with ways to show Him that I love Him. But I fail. And when I I look at how much he loves me and I try to grasp that through his word through what he's done in my life I, 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 I come up so short in the love that I should have for him I want you to turn in your Bibles and I'm just going to do tithe and offering guys at the end no, we had it all planned out. But today, we'll just do it at the end. I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Let me give you a little background of Luke in, in, in this chapter. We're going to talk about the third parable that, he sh- that Jesus shares that Luke records. The first parable is the parable of the lost sheep. parable of the lost sheep where the Bible says that the shepherd has a hundred sheep one of the sheep get out and the shepherd leaves the 99 to go and find the one aren't you glad that you've got a God that loves you so much that he'll leave everything that he has just to go chase you down Aren't you glad that you got a God that loves you, that considers you as important as one, as you, as the 99? Aren't you glad that you got a God that loves you like that? And then you go on to the next parable, the parable of the lost coin. The Bible says a woman has 10 pieces of silver. She loses one. And she turns the house upside down trying to find that one piece which she had lost. Then the Bible goes on to say Jesus would say this as he sums it up. I say unto you there is joy in the presence of all the angels over one sinner who repents. Here again we see how much God loves us individually. The one. And then we go to the third parable. The more familiar parable. The parable of the prodigal son. God knows I've preached this a bunch. When the Lord brought me to this, I said, Lord, I, I preach this thing about as many times as you preach it I thought 
But uh, this is where the Lord led me. So I, the title of my message today doesn't sound like a Father's Day message. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not good at preaching messages that correlate with certain holidays. Okay? I'm just not that kind of guy. I just don't have those cute Father's Day messages and sappy Mother's Day messages. I just don't. And we, we sure skipped Mother's Day this year. It's about time that the Father's Day fathers shine. So I took the budget of Mother's Day and threw it all together in, in the Father's Day. That's why we got those nice grills out there. So the message, the title of my message doesn't sound like a Father's Day message. I, I think we'll see that it is. Today I want to preach a message entitled to you, Maybe Today. Maybe, maybe, maybe today. I want to talk about the Father's love love of a father. Thank you, Travis. Luke chapter 15 verse 11 says, and he said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Here we read where this parable that Jesus is giving us, this young man goes to his father and says, I want my inheritance. And the father gives him the inheritance, his portion. And he goes out, he gathers all his stuff up, he gets the money, and he goes out to a far country, spends it all, blows everything that he has, everything that has been given to him. And, and, and let me just say this. And that's the problem with a lot of us in the world today and with our world system today. We think people are going to take care of something that's just given to them. And that doesn't work, friend. That system will never work. And it didn't work here. The father gave it to him and he went and he spent all that he had and there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Now what that means is he found somebody that he could serve. He, 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 he explained to, uh, to him his situation that he had nothing, that he was in poverty and uh, he, didn't, he didn't have anywhere else to go. So now he is... Uh, basically working as a servant. 
And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, forcing himself upon this man as a beggar. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Now, this is a Jewish boy who don't eat pork, who don't eat bacon. I've never understood why anybody wouldn't eat bacon. But if you don't, you're probably better off. Don't eat pork, don't eat bacon. Now he's elbow to elbow with the unclean hog. Now, pigs. I didn't ever, I don't know nothing about pigs, but I do know about hogs. My granddaddy had hogs, and my, my daddy had some hogs, and they are filthy. They are nasty. They are dirty. Now, they taste good when you cook them, but they do. I don't, but they, if you don't, just looking at them, they're disgusting animals. And here is this fine, young, Jewish boy, elbow to elbow, with pigs, with hogs, feeding them. And then the Bible says that he gets to such a low place that he thinks about eating the slop that the pigs are eating. The very mess that he's feeding these pigs, he's thinking about now eating. I just want to say this. When you go off, you forget who you are in Christ. You'll find yourself in some places you didn't think you'd ever be in. You'll start doing things that you didn't think you would ever do with people you never, come on now. Am I talking, I know this is the 830 crowd. Doing things with people you never thought you would do them. Do them things with. That's sin, friend. That's when you don't understand, when you, when you forget who you are in Christ and that who you're, you're raising and who your parents are. And I'm not talking about your mother and father. I'm talking about your father, God. Help me. You'll, you'll find yourself in a low place, in a place you never thought you would be in. That's what this story is about. It said, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave him nothing. And let me tell you something. I have seen people who have burned all their bridges. That's what sin will do. I've seen people who all their bridges have been burnt. Mama don't want to help them no more. Daddy don't want to help them no more. They have no more friends. And that's what will happen when you get off into the flesh and into sin. You'll find you'll get to a place so low There'll be no, there, there's nobody there that wants to help you. They say, no, nah, I done tried to help them. Come on, you know who I'm talking about. 
It may not be you, it's somebody else. Because you think better of yourself than that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you know there's somebody in your life that you say, I ain't helping them. Uh-uh. Nope, I done helped them my last time. Well, friend, this is the picture of this young boy in this parable. This young man. It says he's got so low that he's eating the slop of the pigs and no man would give him anything. I love verse 17. And when he came to himself, I've spent many, hallelujah. I've spent many a day in this sanctuary praying that people would have a day like this. That people would come to their selves. That they would come to the realization and God would bring back to their mind, wait a minute, this is not how I was raised. And I'm not talking about mom and daddy right now. This is not how I was brought up. This is not how I was raised up. This is not who God called me to be. And the Bible said as he was getting ready to eat the slop and thinking about how bad things were, he had a revelation from the Holy Ghost that said, this is not who you are. And I pray to God that people would have a this is not who you are experience in their lives. When he came to himself, look what he thought. Look at the thought. He came to himself. He said, how many hired servants of my father's house house have bread enough to spare? In other words, He was thinking about the goodness of God. How good it was at God's house. How good it was at daddy's house. How good the the love of the father. He said, even my father's hired servants have bread. And they have so much bread, they stick bread in their pockets. They take and put bread in their lunchbox and wrap it up. They take to-go plates home with them. <laughs> I just thought about church dinners. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. We really don't do that now with COVID, you know. I said, can't do that. Right. He said they have bread and they have enough to spare and here I am perishing with hunger and verse 18 says I will arise and go to my father and I'll say unto him daddy I have sinned against heaven (coughs) wow that was loud and before, the, hey, here's a, here's a heads up. If I go to stick this over my face, you know, we're, on, we're not right now. We're on the internet. We're on the world wide web, brother. And when I go to cough, 
hit that mute button, okay? Everybody think I've got corona if you don't do that. All right. So, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Now, this is so important to me because I see a man here who is really repenting. Why? Not only does he not only is he saying, I'm going to my to, to my father, to my earthly father, and I'm gonna tell him I done wrong. But I'm also understanding that my sin was also against my heavenly father. Most of the time, when it comes to repentance, we understand about the heavenly father. And it is a, an, a, or any sin is an egregious sin against the Father. But real repentance says, and I'm going to go to the people, the person that I've hurt. Now, we don't like to talk about that. But that's what the Bible says do. I've, I've, I've sinned against God, and I'm going to get that right. True repentance says that I don't want anybody to, the people I've hurt, I want to go to them. Now, if you don't know, you hurt them, you can't go to them. But if you know somebody that you've hurt, look at the heart of this man. He said, I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to repent. And I'll say to my father, I have sinned against heaven Father God, and I've sinned against you, Daddy. And I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Verse 20 says, And he arose and he came to his father. I love this. But when he was yet a great way off his father saw him there's a couple points I want to bring out today in this next two or three verses and the first point I want to bring out is this the father saw him he saw him when he was afar off, the father, point one, the father saw him. The father saw him. This shows that there's something about when the father is looking at you. I thought about, I thought about this with my daughter when she's doing a flip or a cartwheel or beating her brother up or anything like that, she'll say, Daddy, look at me. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, Daddy, 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 watch, watch this. Now, 
too often times I'm not paying attention. Now here's a little Father's Day nugget. Sometimes all your children want is for you to see them. Watch them. Don't just watch them when they're doing bad. Watch them when they're shining. Watch them when they do the flip. Watch them when they do whatever. Watch them when they play ball. Watch them when they whatever. Sometimes they just want you to watch them. When I think about the love of God, I think about the fact that God saw me, not when, just when I was shining, not just when I came to the altar, but he saw me when I was afar off. He never took his eye off of me. He, made, he, he kept me by his mercy, knowing that at, one, at some point in time, I would come to myself. I would come to a place. He didn't just watch me when I came to the altar, but he had his eye. Anybody understand what I'm saying? He had his eye on me the whole I thank God that I serve a God. I've got a daddy who keeps his eye on me when I'm close, but yet when I'm far off. when he saw me afar off and saw this prodigal, his son, afar off. Saw him. Then the next part of that verse says he had compassion on him. Point number two is this. He had compassion. The father has compassion. See, my Bible tells me that it's the goodness of the father that leads man to repentance. It's the good, gracious love of God that leads me to a place of repentance. See, that's what happened to the son. He, he thought about how good it was at daddy's house. Now, let me just talk about me for a minute. I was raised up hard. My daddy didn't mind laying down the law. A lot more than love, it seemed anyway. And he wasn't one to go to ball games. He wasn't one to, I'm not talking about him. I'm not putting him down. Just stating facts here. He wasn't one to show much compassion. You hear me? But I also think that's because his dad didn't show him much compassion. No doubt he loved me. I don't doubt that at all. He loves me today. 
And in fact, he's trying to make up, I think, for the time he lost today. I know that, not because he tells me. <laughs> not because he tells me, because he don't tell me. But he tells other people. I'm proud of my son. Somebody will tell me, your daddy was bragging on you. And I think, man, that's all good. But he'll never tell me that. But he'll have to. He'll have to. Because he's just in his own way. Well, because I've been raised like that, it's easy for me to be hard. Hard on my children, on Abrael. Definitely. Judah. Uh, <laughs> he spanks himself. I, I, I'm trying, we've never really, you know, spanked him. And for y'all that don't do that, it's okay. I'm not abusing my child. But I, the other day I said, and he, he's, he sounds like he's got an accent, like he's not from South Georgia. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out too. But he's, I'll say, don't do that. No. I said, no. <laughs> and I'll, I'll take something from it. No. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. No. And I said, I'm going to I'm 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 spank you. He said, spank. <laughs> so, but Abrielle now, uh, I have been, I've been hard on her. I think the, this is what the Lord's been sharing with me, though. Is there's a, discipline is a must. But there's a right way to discipline. There's a wrong way to discipline. And all discipline must be bathed in compassion. See, God will chastise you because he's your father. But he does it with love and compassion, always leading us back to his goodness in a perfect way. Now, we'll never be perfect disciplinarians because that's just, that's just we just won't. But when we look to God, we see this correction with compassion. Aren't you glad that God, when he corrects you, he has compassion for you? See, the Bible says that he had compassion and he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. Verse 21 says, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And here's that prayer that, Speech that he has wrote out. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Here is where he's going to say, just make me a hired servant. But there are only sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. He said, just make me, uh, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. And he's going on to say, and just make me a higher servant. But love interrupts him. Compassion interrupts him. Gee, the father interrupts him and says,
bring forth the best robe. See, the prodigal son couldn't even get out what he wanted to say before the father said, go get me the robe. Go get me the ring and go get me some shoes. Point number three is this. The father dressed him. The father dressed him. The Bible says that the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. See? <laughs> nah, I'm not going to say all that. No, I don't need to. I, no, I really don't. <laughs> <Just> quit. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the robe covers. The robe is a covering. If you knock on my door at 2 in the morning and I happen to get up, because I'm probably not, but I'm going to have to go put my robe on because I don't sleep in a three-piece suit. Amen? I go put my robe on and I cover up. And Holly loves my robe. I don't care what she tells y'all. <laughs> it's got a belt on it and everything. I look like Mr. Cl Mr. Claus, Santa Claus. Anyway, I tie that joker on there. I'd go to the door and I'd be covered in my robe, and, and that's what happened. The man, the father said, "Go get the robe," and he covered his son rather than what? Rather than exposing him. You better be glad God didn't pull the covers off of you. I don't know. Am I in here with anybody? Ever sowed some wild seeds? Huh? Ain't always been in church? Ain't always lived right? Aren't you glad that God didn't expose you, but God covered you, that your life is hidden with God? Come on, somebody. And that's what the Father did. He didn't go out to expose him. I've seen churches that want to expose people. I'm not in the business of exposing people. I'm in the business of giving people mercy, grace, and love. And if that means covering them, that means covering them. The Father covered his son. And then he said, he put a ring on his hand now. I don't have a ring on my finger, but we're going to pretend like I do. It's not because me and Holly are having marital problems. It's because my ring don't fit no more. <laughs> and I pried that guy off and saved my life, could never get him back on. But when I got this ring on my finger, it signifies something. Huh? It signifies that I am taken. I am off the market. I belong to Holly Lynn Lancaster. Huh? All you single ladies got to understand. I'm taken. Quit lusting after me. I belong to Holly. Huh? I belong to Holly. He said, go get me the ring. Why? 
Because not only was he not afraid to cover him, he was also not afraid to say, I don't care what he's done. I don't, well, hallelujah. I don't care where he's been. I don't care how long he's been doing it. I don't care how, how long he's been doing it, who he's been doing it with. He is my son. He is my son. Then after he put the robe on him and he put the ring on him, he said, now go get me some shoes. What's the importance of shoes? I believe the shoes point out direction. You see, you're going to get, when you get back in right fellowship with God, you begin to walk in the spirit of God, led by the, not by your flesh, but by the spirit of God. Not about what Caleb wants, but about what God wants, and what God wants becomes what I want. These shoes represent direction. And us as earthly fathers, our children are arrows in our hands. We shoot our children into the direction that we want them to go. Then the Bible says after he puts the robe on him and the ring and the shoes, then he says in verse 23, bring the fatted calf. Bring the fatted calf. We're going to cook him. We're going to have a party. Bring the calf that I've been preparing. That I've been getting ready. You see, I believe that this father every day would look over the horizon to see maybe today My son will come home. Every day, he'd give a little more food to that calf. Why? Because he was preparing for the day. Maybe today, did you give that cow a little more? Did you feed him a little more? Because that's the one I'm going to cook. What, Daddy, why? Why, why, why we got to feed this? Because your brother's coming home one day. May not be today, may not be tomorrow, but one day he's coming home. And I look and notice this. He, he decides to invest, to give up the thing that he had invested most in this calf. Because maybe today, my son, will come home. And here's a great picture of what God has done for you. God gave his best. He prepared for, hmm, before the foundation of the world. He was preparing, knowing that one day, maybe today, that my son was going to come home. 
And this investment was not a prophet, was not some teacher, was not some good man. It was his greatest investment, which was his son, Jesus. And I believe just like this father, with his arms stretched out wide, looking afar off to see his son, for his, looking for his son, I believe God today is standing right now with arms open wide saying, maybe today, maybe today, my son, maybe today, my daughter is coming home. Stand with me all across the building today. I'm going to ask you a very personal question. Church is to be personal. This isn't a show or a concert. Uh, it is, we become very, uh, want to be very seeker friendly. And that's, that's, that, that means we, we try to not make people feel odd or whatever. And we want to set the right atmosphere for everything. There's just some atmospheres that you just cannot set. And first of all, this is not my atmosphere to set anyway. This is God's. So what I'm going to ask you, Travis Play, what I'm going to ask you is this. Where are you at spiritually? Oh, that, that sounds so preachery. What's going on with you? What's going on with you? What's going on with you? Have you forgot who you are? You know, what I love about the Holy Spirit is this. We use that word convict. It comes from the word convince. Holy Spirit's job is to convince you that after you get saved that what you are doing is not who you are. That was the whole miracle that happened at the pig pen. When he came to himself, he couldn't do that on his own. The Holy Spirit said, what you're doing is not I'm going to ask you today are you doing some things that don't line up with who you are maybe you're not eating all your meal from the from the trough but every now and then you get you an appetizer anybody know what I'm talking about from the trough don't go there all the time, but there are certain times that the people can expect you to be there. Times that ain't nobody know where you're at, what you're doing. You got certain times you just take a few beer off and go down to the trough. You get lost. <laughs> uh, sloppy. with the way you talk. Huh? We gonna be real in here this morning? 
That ain't who we are. We're kingdom kids. Royal blood flows through our veins. There's places we don't go. There's things we don't do. There's things we don't say. There's actions we don't take. There's ways that we respond and there's ways we don't respond. Come on. I'm not talking about staying there forever. I'm just talking about every now and then you just have to visit the trough. There's something tasty about the trough. You got. You feel like you've got to visit. I like saying the trough. Is that right? Is that how you say it? The trough. And the Lord's saying, I've got something prepared for you that cannot compare to the trough. I've got something spread out for you. Taste and see that I am We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.